Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And my name is Dan. And today we are covering episode eight of Survivor, David versus Goliath. You get what you give. I don't like that this is the episode title. Um, <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm so very sad. Um, I did not think this was even a possibility going into Tribal. Even going into the uh, vote, I did not think it was a possibility. I thought Mike might have been uh, saying goodbye or, like, Carl or something. Hmm. I definitely, like, looking back and, like, on rewatch, you can see the little hints they gave. And maybe I might have thought about it, but I I didn't really think that hard that it could be John. Yeah, but... this is one of those, like, really well-constructed blindsides, I think. Where, like, like on the rewatch, I was like, oh, wow. Like, everything John's saying is, like, kind of ominous and, like... Yeah, but you don't notice it. Like, but you don't notice in the moment, and I think it's brilliant. Like, obviously, the most obvious is the tonight we're gonna get a bro chacho blindside. But I didn't think it would be at the expense of our boy. And I would say it was well constructed, and that you didn't know who was going. But I think part like it's shocker. It's another episode I have issues with. Um, I think you knew it wasn't going to be Christian. And I wish the episode had done more to maybe let it ride that it could have been Christian going. I agree. I do think that is a problem that, for me anyway, didn't seem super realistic that Christian would be going. I wasn't sure how he was going to stay. Because I I honestly, I wasn't 100% sure that Davey was going to use the idol. But Mm -hmm. um, I did not really think this would be Christian's time. I'm not going to lie. Like My prime candidate to go was actually... Uh, my previous episode was winner pick Gabby. In the moment, I was like shaking, like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, please don't be Gabby, please don't be Gabby, please don't be a sad story of her dying because Christian gets saved. And it's like a, he's a right-hand woman kind of thing. But thankfully, that's not the case. Nope. Um, but yeah, this episode was okay. Like, I know it was exciting for a lot of people, but... I feel like it's another episode where it sort of tipped the scales back again. Like, I feel like I was really on the Gabby train, and now I feel foolish. Um, I don't, and I have some good reasons why, I think. Uh, okay. I, w- I was kind of wondering how I would come into this episode, where you would be, but I definitely feel weird. Um, I think it sort of killed Kara for me. See, also... I also think this was okay for Kara. For the same reason it was okay for Gabby. Um, So I guess I'll actually just say that now. So last week we were like, man, why is this episode not showing like Nick and Carl were basically in like Nick was not invisible, but Nick was UTR at the merge. And then in in, Davey was invisible. And we're like, come on, what's going on here? Uh, We only got Gabby and Kara and Christian and all them talking. Where's where's Davey? Where's where are these people? And in this episode, weirdly enough, uh, we got Nick and Davey being the spokesperson of the episode and Kara and Gabby being awful quiet. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that is an intentional decision to put Davey and um, Nick up front in this episode and behind in the merge episode and then flip that for Gabby and Kara. I think these are people who are supposed to be in... uh, some sort of contrast. I think this was, like, in my mind, this episode makes a lot of sense edited as one big two-hour episode. Hmm. I guess I see that. And I, I know people have been saying, oh, yeah, it makes sense to hide those people. 
from this vote because they're out of the loop. But I think you can argue the same thing for that merge episode, and then it just becomes a battle of which group is actually like being hid for legitimate reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think right now it makes more sense for like Nick to be sort of hid on that merge episode, whereas Gabby and Kara were like ignored in this episode. And I think- well, I think this episode did develop. Like I think the thing is in these two pairs that we're talking about, I think Gabby had more of a Nick style episode in this one, and Kara was more on the edge of invisible, whereas. Um, in the other one, it was Davy who was invisible and Nick who was kind of UTR. I think in this one, it did develop Gabby. We did have Mike underestimating her. We did have her be mentioned explicitly. We did have Christian mentioning that he's going to have her back. Uh, she did get development in this episode, even though it wasn't, um, she wasn't talking in confessional all the time, but she was there and her story advanced. It was just kind of in the background. And I think that's fine. It, It was so in the background for me. Like, we didn't get, like, one word of her, like, rebutting any, like, of what Mike said or stuff like that. So, I'm really hesitant on her right now. We'll see where it develops from here. But, yeah, after that merge episode, it was kind of a shocker to mm-hmm. me. And I guess there's some interesting things that happened in this episode. Like, um, like we end up having Nick and Davey end up finding that thing that uh, was sort right. of hinted at in the last episode by Gabby. Um, that tree that a lot of people on Twitter discovered was where the idol was. Um, or sorry, not the idol, the vote steal. Um, yeah. And so like, it's kind of cool in that way. I, I, I really do feel like this episode was supposed to be the two hour episode. Like there's a lot like this and the merge. There's so many things that just kind of weirdly pay off in this episode immediately after that is a little more different than most episodes of survivor. It feels like this one literally just like comes directly out of. The previous one, um, including the uh, Australian yeah. Survivor Challenge, um, which I loved. I loved that challenge. Like, it was such a good. Um, Is that that's the reward? Yeah, that's challenge. the one where they're holding the sandbags and like, yeah, wonderful moment of character building where Dan decides to like flex in front of everybody by lifting all three, and that's the cause of the drop. Like, you can't write better stuff than that. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the immunity challenge, like, we've seen that one before. I wish there were less endurance challenges. I think I think that's a complaint I had I agree. last season. It's just, like, they go through trends. Like, sometimes it's all, like, do a physical thing and then do a puzzle. And then some seasons it's just, like, how many times can you stand in one place for a while? And yeah, for me, I, I don't mind, like, as long as it doesn't feel like it's just this season is just going to favor this body type for whatever reason. Like I'm not a huge hater of it, but I don't know. I, yeah. I personally yeah, kind of enjoyed these challenges. I liked that it was Angelina and Dan there at the end. Oh yeah. That was pretty great. Especially cause we were kind of like, Oh yeah. Allison has another one in the bag, yeah. but no, she, she very much did not. Um, but yeah, this was a sad episode for me because I really like, and I think it explains a lot, like, how John was so under-edited. Um, yeah, for sure. Because, like, they clearly loved him as a character and were, like, constraining his edit. And it makes a lot of sense that he's going to leave in a shocking blindside idol thing. Um, that's mm-hmm. why his edit felt so crafted. That's why it felt like 
they were they loved him, but they also had to kind of not make him too lovable. That's what was happening, not the winner's edit. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I don't really recall us ever sort of considering the possibility that he'd be idled yeah. out. Do you remember? But I think like, it was a mistake on our part. so obvious. Yeah. It, like, it makes so much sense. Yeah. That's exactly what a fan favorite style character who gets idled out will look like. Um, yeah. And, yeah. I think overall this was a good episode. Like, I think... Um, like, I, I thought we had some cool stories develop in that, like, all of a sudden Mike's now, like, a spokesperson of being a hard game player. Like, he no longer is he, like, good old Uncle Mike kind of thing. Now he's up there front and center as, like, a big, scary, strategic player. And I think that was super fun. Yeah, this season continues to have really, like, strong characters. And, and like, disappointed from episode to episode. But I think overall, I think this season is really good. And I think that's more a testament to how I'm viewing this season where it's this really close like I need to look at everyone view as opposed to just enjoying some good old survivor so I think overall I will see it as a very good season but for now you have to deal with these episode to episode complaints (laughs) where I'm like this is not fitting my perfect narrative so in the broad scheme yeah it's really good I think this this episode works better as a part two to the last episode um than it does on its own i do agree that is a little bit of a problem yeah. with it but it is what it is that's an that's an interesting idea and i hadn't thought of that but now i want to sort of look back and think of like oh how many things do actually sort of line up because i mean part of the story is that you have that angelina elizabeth tribal and then angelina has to deal with all that fallout mm-hmm. so but yeah Okay, so with that, we'll move on to our stories part, where we discuss all the stories going on throughout the season, Um, starting with uh, what has been a pretty big one throughout the season, social charm versus social awkwardness, and now, after the merge episode, how that relates to, like, people's authenticity. Mm -hmm. Um, We obviously saw Angelina dealing with said fallout of her actions, um, and she acknowledged... And her complete lack of authenticity. I mean, yeah, she acknowledged that it was jury management, and she had to pedal back, and it didn't work, and Angelina still looks really bad, so... Yeah, and I think that's where this one was majorly here, was in this episode, we had a really well-cool edited scene, in my opinion, of Angelina being like, and I, I lied to them, and they all bought it, and then everyone being like, we don't buy it. We see right through yeah. it. Why is she lying to us? A ton of flash confessionals, like one from mm-hmm. Dan, one from Allison, um, someone else, Alec. Uh, yeah, Alec got one. He said she was shady. Um, and all because she was inauthentic. I think that yeah. does a lot about this theme. And it is kind of interesting that in this episode is the one where the people who we've been peddling all season is like the spokesperson of each side and Gabby and Kara were effectively nowhere to be found. Um, mm-hmm. I think that has to be... To me, the fact that it's these two vanishing after being so visible in the last episode is fine. That, to me, looks like a conscious decision rather than a... Um, like, they just didn't fit in. Like That, that to me, really looks like we're going to tone these two down for this episode. Uh, I just don't know. It's a very interesting decision. I guess, yeah, it... it... It must be like somewhat conscious because they're so they're such big characters, and we see that Kara's gonna have a bigger role to play moving forward. So yeah, 
and obviously Gabby is Gabby. So we will see. But yeah, I think it really revolves around Angelina and her authenticity. Mm. Yeah, this entire episode was basically about Angelina, just Angelina and Christian. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone else was kind of a side character. Even people who kind of blossomed into these massive characters, like Alec, were, go- like, basically just giving their little narration. Yeah. I guess with the obvious exception of Mike. But still, his content was about Christian and about Angelina. So it's not like he was some massive departure there. This is a very focused episode. Yeah, for sure. And for that reason, like, I don't think the social charm, social awkwardness thing was super there because... Like, Christian's evolved past those things in terms of this story, right? Like, Yeah, Christian. And Angelina is just the voice of inauthenticity. So it's not like there wasn't that contrast in this episode. Mm-hmm. Christian's just like a threat above social charm and social awkwardness. Like, mm-hmm. he's just the threat. So, yeah, I would say for this episode, it was the story of Angelina. So... Uh, next up is the whole overarching theme, David versus Goliath. Um, how Davids can turn their specific strengths into advantages and how anyone makes the best of a bad situation. Gee, I wonder how this applied to this episode. <laughs> um, that's what this is the one that was been laying dormant for a little while. Yeah. Somewhat. In terms of the actual like turning your strengths into advantages thing. But in this episode is where it comes right back front and center. With them literally using game advantages to shock people and make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Um. Um, I guess if you're looking at a more personal level, Davey has this weird taekwondo scene, which was bizarre, mm-hmm. but apparently it worked. So that was. <laughs> I'm shocked that that worked. Like, it's just one of the greatest scenes ever. I think. Like, just like I'm gonna go twirl a stick, and everyone's gonna watch, and then they're gonna go grab an idol. And yeah. almost all the that was almost all true. It was just he grabbed a vote steal. Yeah, very strange, but that's that's Davy's specific strengths coming into play. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Davids definitely definitely made the best of their situation, and yeah, yeah. And I think another thing is like you had like for example. Mike being like, I've realized that uh, Christian is just as smart as me, so I have to go after him. And I think, like, you got, like, the whole Heart of the Davids thing being Christian. Like, this theme was all over the place in this episode, and, like, kind of, like, more nuanced in the season as a whole. Like, you have Christian, who's explicitly said he's a Goliath now, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, like, um, Mike, who in... The Jebeni tribe referred to his tribe as the most David of all the David tribes, even though it was a majority Goliath tribe. Uh, these two people have effectively kind of switched, and they're now ma- our main, like, big threat narrator people. Kind of an interesting uh, turn of events there. Oh, that is true. Like, yeah, with, yeah, just all over the board, it's like. Yeah, it's a battle of the most big. David. Yeah. Most huh. David Goliath and most Goliath David. Are those two the people who have now been pitted against each other most uh, aggressively? That is very curious. But as we segue to our next story, um, a David cannot win this game without a Goliath. And I think maybe with the exception of Kara, we're pretty sure a David's winning. So it's interesting to see mm-hmm. how those Goliaths factor in. 
Um, yeah, we're going to end up, I think, with a David and two Goliaths or something like that at the end. Yeah, and I guess this episode you can see it forefront where Alec hears of the plan to get out Christian and then tells one person and then Nick is able to do enough with that plan to have it turn. Mm-hmm. And you see another Goliath strong person take the hit. And yeah, that's the thing is like last week we were like, yeah, John is the one voice of the tribe strong things that we can see actually lasting a while. How wrong were we? We should have stuck to our stories, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this will continue to be prevalent, especially with the next time sort of talking about Kara breaking up with Dan and I guess in reality, the Goliaths and flipping. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, part of it is that what the story always could have been is that a Goliath cannot win this game without a David. So yeah, I think it works both ways. If you're looking for that Kara win, I think it does for sure. That's where it's it's going to come into play. So yeah, like we use this name, but like the actual theme is that cross tribal alliance greater than sign. Yeah. Sticking to your tribe. Um, And I think it's kind of interesting. So two episodes into the merge, um, we have Alec in like four different confessionals talking about how, he can't vote one way because that'll upset this demographic and he can't do that. He can't like he can't vote at Christian, he says in this episode, because then he's locked in with the Goliath for the rest of the time. And in the previous episode he was talking about how he can't just um like he can't vote against the Goliath because then they'll all hate him. Now Alex seems to be the clear voice of considering both demographics even in a, even in how you vote. You know what I mean? Like Alex's primary consideration is never upsetting either side. And I think that ties into this theme perfectly. And he's been used as the main narrator of that theme, I think. Yeah. Yep. Came out of the woodwork and yeah, he's now the spokesperson of why why you should either stick to the majority and Pagong or what the advantages are of getting that cross tribal alliance. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that plays out. Alex's place is still kinda nebulous in the end, but I agree. We'll see. So next uh, up, we got our infamous empathy versus looking at for yourself theme, which probably the most obvious example in this episode is Alec going to Davey and telling him about the vote being on Christian. Mm-hmm. I think that was an empathetic gesture. Uh, at least that's how we were supposed to infer it. And obviously it's the reason John goes home. It's... uh. The entire episode hinges on this moment. Yeah. I mean, both. I think this is the first time in at least American Survivor where two people have played idols on someone other than themselves in the same tribal council. And even more so, both of those negated votes. Mm -hmm. Like, Angelina wasn't going home after that Christian idol was played, but... It's still negated votes, yeah. Yeah. So... There's that, especially when we've seen Dan sort of be a spokesperson for looking out for yourself. He was yeah. really, once Elizabeth said his name, he went after her. And even still, he's sort of thinking Angelina needs to go, but uh, he did play that idol for her. So I'm personally Dan shocked continues. that Dan played an idol on somebody else that wasn't Kara and it negated votes successfully. Like all those things together, just I never would have ex- never would have guessed that last week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you would have told us, next week Dan's going to play an idol on Angelina, and it's going to have good reason. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't have believed you, but here we are. Um, And I think another thing with 
this theme. Obviously, the central question of this episode at the end was, does Davy help Christian or hold on to the idol to help himself down the line? That's the main question mm-hmm. that Davy answers to Council. And does Nick hold on to his advantage mm-hmm. or use it at that moment? Which we had that pause where Davy looks at Nick. Well, that's how they film it together, but we know that's not necessarily the case. Um, it's shown that Davy looks at Nick as if he's going to use his vote, double vote advantage before they vote, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. So then we see Davy do use his idol. So yeah, and there's it's like that. That's the thing is like at the end of the day, this entire episode effectively was built around this theme. Can even bridge that into Angelina, kind of in the previous episode. Um, like that's her whole thing with the with the Elizabeth situation. She gets major heat for it in this one. Um, on the flip side, I think Davy's gonna be celebrated for the decision to be empathetic. So it's super interesting yeah. in that way. This entire episode was from beginning to end constructed around this theme, which. With Christian being a strong contender, at least for me still, it kind of makes me think, is it the empathy in this situation, is it just positive because it saves Christian, who is our eventual winner? Or Mm -hmm. is it, like, actually leading, like, the winner will be someone who's empathetic? Or is it the winner will be someone who is affected by empathy in a positive way? Towards Christian or something. Yeah, yeah, I get to. Yeah. That's the thing. It's kind of hard to tell in that way. Like... But I think there's something there with the decision. It's, I think at this point it's kind of clear that genuine empathy is what you're supposed to be showing for the most part. But it's a little difficult to uh, perfectly line that up. Um, I think just one thing before we move on here. We were talking about the advantage. I think something funny was going on with the filming of this where I think Nick was not under possession of the... Uh, steal a vote advantage or something during this episode. The way he was referring to it in confessional kept making it seem like he didn't have it, but he I'm guessing he gives it off to Davy or something off like like on the actual beach gave it to Davy or something like that because the way Davy was talking about it it was his advantage and then yeah. it switched back to Nick at some point. I'm guessing they just didn't have a confessional in between that time and so it was just like this kind of awkward one where at one point Davy was in possession of it and talking like it was his, but then it somehow migrated to Nick and they just didn't show us the scene and just kind of hope people wouldn't notice because something was definitely yeah. weird going on with that. <laughs> yeah, I did notice there was like sometimes where the pronouns didn't match mm-hmm. up right, but I don't know. Usually the editors are pretty clear on showing who has possession and who's gonna and... basically it's who's gonna have possession when it's actually played is what they yeah. are trying to tell us. It doesn't really matter who. They found it together. Blah, blah, blah. It's obviously going to be fine, though. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next theme, which made a surprise reappearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is girls as underdogs. And I've tacked on to this powerlessness versus knowledge as power. So, I mean, the main example is um, when Mike decides that Christian needs to go, we get an Angelina confessional that's like, I had this idea first mm-hmm. and no one listened to me. And, and if you listen to that scene, it's, it's got funny. the wonderful Dodo music. The infamous oh. Dodo music, unfortunately. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, I guess, should we summarize what Dodo music is? Yeah, so Dodo music's like, effectively uh, picture uh, in Survivor Cambodia, Stephen Fishback is failing to successfully break a stick. Uh, the music that's playing in the background is like, <laughs> like clown music. 
uh, effectively, it's telling the audience, um, hey, uh, what's happening right now? Is someone acting really stupid? It comes up all the time. Uh, it's like lovingly called dodo music because uh, it's a way to kind of point out someone's acting like dodo birds are known for being not particularly smart or mm-hmm. capable. It's a way to show that. And she got the hard dodo music on the uh, confessional bit mic. So with that knowledge, I would say we're probably right in our um, assumptions from last episode where we thought Angelina's initial play that, oh, girls never find idols is more meant to poke fun at Angelina constantly voting out girls and not letting them win. I think it can be both. Um, I think it can be both kind of poking fun at Angelina and being like, like you said, like it's like a satirical theme. But I think it also is trying to highlight the fact that girls are underdogs, but also that Angelina sucks. I think this is kind of a like a twofer theme where it's like Angelina's relationship to this theme is not a positive one. But that doesn't mean it's not a positive theme that they've used Angelina to kind of underscore. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like I said, I think this alludes to something bigger, which is where it's all about the power Mm -hmm. that people have. And I think we've seen it in the past where Kara knows all this information about Dan's idols. um, And so she has that power technically, even though she doesn't have the idols. Um, And I think in this situation, the reason Angelina gets that music is because of how the different, how different the circumstances are. Mm -hmm where Angelina presents that Christian vote and it's just not the right time. And then she like doesn't treat it well when it's rejected and blows up her game. Whereas Mike, I guess, brings it up just at a better time, really. Like he doesn't necessarily do anything better, but. And something that I've thought about is that Mike's been connected to this theme since the very beginning. Um, Mike is actually the one who initially mentions that um, idols are an advantage, but the information about where the idol is even is even more of an advantage with when he's with Jeremy, and mm-hmm. like he's the one who gets that confessional, and that's so tied to this theme, so tied to Kara, so tied to everything. Um, like this has always been Mike's kind of theme, uh, or at least one that he's hitting on big time. And so I think it's been foreshadowing this clash between Angelina and Mike for a while, and I think in this episode. I guess my theory, and this is the big reason why I still have Gabby live. Mike gets that confessional kind of... I think what we're supposed to get from Angelina as the audience is we're supposed to be like, ugh, again, really, Angelina? Like, like she's so annoying. But I guess she has a point. I think is what we're supposed to be taking from Angelina. She's like, mm-hmm. right, but is obnoxious and does it wrong. Does things wrong. Yeah. I think we are supposed to take some fact of Mike... And Mike kind of just taking an idea and saying it's his own. He all of a sudden thought about it on the beach or whatever. That whole scene like with like super empowering music and everything. Something was weird going on there. I think when you plot it out as like Angelina comes up with plan to vote Christian. Mike says he all of a sudden just thought about it. Angelina digs into Mike for uh, stealing her idea. And, like, being a man and getting the credit for it when she thought about it first. And she's a woman. And then you have Mike then saying that, Ga- like, ripping into Gabby and being like, she can't lead anybody. I think we're supposed to be looking a negative at Mike there. 
Yeah, that ties into his initial concerns with Gabby that he voices to Christian, where he's like, I just don't know. She was acting all weird at that tribal council. Mm-hmm. So I think there is something to that where Gabby is under some sort of scrutiny, whether it's a scrutiny that disbands alliances or a scrutiny that is just it doesn't make her the prime target because she's weak. So she's either weak or untrustworthy mm-hmm. and... I think the thing is, is like what this episode was telling us was Mike is underestimating Gabby partly because she's a female Hmm. in a weird way. It does. Yeah, it feels really sort of strung together right now, but I see it. I think it's writing on the wall for maybe stuff to come. I personally think so. Um, I hope we get this storyline where Gabby is underestimated. Um, that's what was I think was missing out of this episode was there was no like Gabby speaking for herself saying I am underestimated, but here's mm-hmm. what I can do. Um, actually, maybe there is a part about that. I think she was spot on at the challenge and she's like, yeah, we're playing smarter. And then immediately mm-hmm. afterward, Dan drops the sandbag. So yeah, she got that moment. To it, and I think I Christian her defending her and being like, why did Mike tell me that? Like, does he not realize we're working together? Like, whatever that line was. Like, I think also airs to underscore Mike and support Gabby, uh, despite her never having to really talk about it. I think it's really subtle editing that's clearly crafted. I think it means something. Yep. Something to keep an eye on. Next up, we got our good pals, the nerds. Um, which, honestly, I, like, wasn't superhero, shockingly, for even though it was John's boot episode, who was like kind of one of the fun versions of this archetype or one fun parts of this motif, which kind of made me sad. I thought I was hoping we would get way more like, I guess like uncovering the nerdy part of John. Cause it was there, but only for like a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder what sort of legs this theme has mm-hmm. left. It seems like they definitely wanted to sort of share who was nerds, who were And they're all in the nerds. top 11 or whatever. Like, Yeah. And I think now it's speaking more towards maybe that social mm-hmm. awkwardness can be some sort of boon. So they might get, uh, what's the word? Like when you Merged. put two things together. Yeah, sure. Merged um, come next. I episode. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I this was a supporting yeah. theme for our first major theme, the social charm versus social awkwardness one. Um, I think this was a theme to, a motif to support the central theme that social awkwardness can be a good thing because it breeds authenticity. Yeah. And John honestly was a cipher for that gives, too. It really, gave, it really gave people something to bond yes. over more than anything and it was authentic so yeah so don't be surprised if we just sort of gloss Mm -hmm. over the nerds next episode um and the last story is the sort of uh round table of named alliances um so we still have in play we lost thoroughbreds last episode but we have mason dixon it's christian nick I mean, there's it was mentioned again in this episode too. Rocks, Nick's like he's yeah. the Mason my Dick or whatever. <laughs> Rockstars, I think. Took a backseat. I don't know if it was. Yeah, which is weird because it's almost mm-hmm. falling apart at this point, or it should be. Um, Slamtown had its last hurrah, mm-hmm. I think, unless Gabby and Christian start a 
Fijian chapter on their own. <laughs> um, the Rochachas, I think this is probably their last moment, too. Um, I think the point of that was probably just to be like, lead up to this great moment where John can say it's going to be a Rochachos blind. Honestly, side. that's probably the whole reason it um, was ever put on. You know what I mean, like, like, yeah, because they had that confessional and they're like, OK, we have to just develop this group like. Yeah. And nothing is giving us an indication that Dan and Christian yeah. will stay together as the Rochachos. So. And then Strike Force probably had the most surprising turn where it very much looked like something that could have a lot of force for multiple episodes, but Is it gone? It doesn't seem that I mean all the players yeah. are still there, but they're not all working on the same side and it's, I have no idea where this game's gonna go. Like I thought Strike Force was kind of our like long term answer. Like our Laurel Donathan plus Wendell and Dom thing. But, like, it just vanished. Yeah. Like, Mike's just like, nope. Haha. And then begs the question, like, why was it developed at all? Clearly, there's some reason it was. Yeah. And I don't, like, it is weird to see that Mike going after Gabby so early. Like, even more so than Mike just turning mm-hmm. on Christian. I mean, that's also weird, too. Because, I mean, part of it, you can just look at it and be like, oh, this was just, like, part of Strike Force's plan to some extent... I mean, it was a vote on Christian, but, like, the Davids just got in the way. But, I don't know, it was Christian, so that's definitely a dent in their six. Which, they need that six to start controlling the vote before the actual David (laughs) members start going. So, I don't know what's up with it. I think people like Alec or Allison or uh, Nick, especially, will try to pick up the pieces. Because maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's maybe next week or something. It's gonna be the reuniting of them, or like maybe not next week, but the week after. And it's like Nick, because if you actually look at it, it's, it is kind of that group that we were speculating on in the pre-merge of like Christian grabs his duos, Nick grabs his duos alliance. Um, yeah. And I guess maybe they develop it. The merge it falls apart now, falls apart next week, but then they come back together as the big players of the season. Still, I think is on the table. I think, if I had to guess now, I think it's much more likely that um, the Davids just somehow wrestle mm-hmm. the majority, like with the help of Vote Kara steal. or other factors. Uh, yeah, and they just are the dominant group, and I think we have some kind of bad endgame people in Carl and Davey, mm-hmm. but I think that'll be more interesting in the end. But, I mean, you still have, like, stuff with, like, Angelina and Dan and Kara to play out. Mike, of yeah. course. So I don't think it's going to be smooth sailing for the Davids. But I feel like that's more likely than even the Strike Force at this point. Because, like, if they just get back together, that is a this was a weird narrative, like, mm-hmm. tangent. They took, but I guess it but... makes sense if, like, somehow you have to develop this group of people who are going to be doing this epic like taking people out but then mike turns on it and goes after the other leader of it and then say mike flips back to christian how do you tell that story in another way right like that's true i think it, doing it this way where like it was mentioned in this episode multiple times the strike force and then you had like the mission impossible music as i, I would put it uh for mike being like and, you know, everyone else is just getting pizza, but I'm going to go think about the game. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a chance it comes back. Yep. But, or, like, it's a credit to somebody in the end or something. Like, 
it's clearly important with how much focus it's got, but like I just can't imagine it's a one episode thing. Like it just feels like they developed it way too much in that merge episode. I yeah, don't know. For sure. Anyways, those are our stories. Um I think these are the main overarching ones uh on this season. And there's still a lot of like kind of mysteries on them. Uh, so now let's go through everybody on the Calo Calo tribe, which is our merch tribe, which has the coolest buff ever, by the way. Mm-hmm. Love that color blue. It's like Wilson blue, like yeah, Nicholson's blue eyes. It's gorgeous. Like I like I bought that buff because it's gorgeous. Ah wow! I never buy buffs. I'm like, I missed out on 36 seasons. Why start? I only have seven. And one of them is this Calo Calo buff <laughs> um, that's coming in the mail. But so I guess let's start off with uh, just Alec, who I think we've started with basically every episode. Um, quieter episode for Alec. But still this weird, like, strategic. Yeah. He's clearly the player of the season. That wasn't expected. Like, he's the Alec that we thought he was preseason, not the Alec that we thought he, yeah. he was five episodes in. Um and I guess it's really true that, like, none of his uh, pre-merge mm-hmm. dynamics really matter in the long term. So for all his strategizing to come out here where obviously it's going to matter, you're not going to switch into new people, um, I guess that makes some sort of sense. It really makes us think that he can't win, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. I'd love to support my winner pick, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess... If he was having more consistent episodes like this in the pre-merge, he would be a great pick. Yeah. But he did not. And so he like is the thing for me winning. is like anytime I think about Alec, at this point, I'm like, I feel bad for him because this guy's clearly playing probably the like other than like I think it's him or Nick. If you're just gonna look at it like just game logic theory, that kind of stuff. I think Alec and Nick are head and shoulders above all these other people in terms of like how much influence they're having on this game. And before last episode, you would have never yeah. imagined that was Alec, um, who seems to just have flawless reads on everything. Like, he knows exactly what's going on. He Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to work with him. Or at least they, maybe they don't love him. Like, some of the guys think he's untrustworthy. But he still gets them to work with him anyway. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to make a subtle move. Like he can get a lot of information and then not like just blow up stuff left and right. Like he tells one person that Christian's going and it just happens to be the right person who can put everything into place and he can still vote in the majority and not be blindsided when it doesn't work out. For Alec anyway, with the kind of things he's saying, I think it's 100% on the table that Alec knew that Christian was going to get an idol plate on him. Like I think I trust Alex's reads on the game and influence so much that I think it's very possible that Davey told him that he's going to save Christian. Alec agreed to vote against Christian to like maintain sides with the Goliath to continue playing free agent. Like, I really think that Alec is in like the elite level player category, and that's why just his edit is so shocking to me. Because this is not an elite player edit, yeah. but you're seeing them scramble. To try and explain how things happen without him. And it's bizarre. Because he's clearly, like, the last episode, completely based around Alec. This episode, completely based around Alec, the actual strategy of the game. Because he's dominating. Yeah. Yeah, I think with a stronger pre-merge, you're looking at someone who's like, oh yeah, they're going to mm-hmm. bring this guy back. 
no matter what. And like, it just feels like there's not enough in the pre-merge to warrant that. And I mean, I can't I guess we can't count them out because weirder things have happened. Uh, Queen fan favorite game true, yeah. Sierra Don Thomas. But I personally would love to see Alec come back. So because I think yeah, like oh, yeah. he's of this cast is honestly the peop- one of the people who I most want to see just him play again. Like I think it would be super cool. Um and like we said earlier, like mm-hmm. he does hit on a lot of these themes. Like he hits the empathy versus looking up for yourself one by telling Davey. He obviously is like the voice of he can't win without working with both sides. Like he fits in so many of these different things. He's super socially charming. Um that it feels wrong that I'm not considering him. But like I'm guessing like you can't like that mm-hmm. those first three episodes are so bad like there's no reason to edit and like in those first three episodes alec is like a physical threat like yeah. he's always the person winning challenges for goliaths so why not show him there so it's it's bizarre but it just really tells us that Alex yeah, and I'm guessing winning that, this season like, he, in my opinion he's at this point is playing an elite level game and he's managing so many different like like ropes at once. And my guess is like I said last week, it's all gonna come burning down in cataclysmic faction, like probably at like the final seven or something. Or maybe this is how you tell the story of how Alec loses a jury vote or something. Cause something weird is going on with his edit where like he's clearly elite level player. He's clearly has his hands in all the cookie jars, but they're telling us he's bad. And I don't get why. Other than if it's just, like... Because they're only doing that with second-person visibility. Like, he's sketchy, basically, is what they're able to give um, to yeah. try and tell us that he's a bad player. My guess is that that means he's going to do something really stupid, but he was playing so well up until that point that they don't really know how to tell that story. So they kind of chose not to, but then at the merge, they're like, oh, crap, he, <laughs> you can't film this without talking about him. So it's either the story... Like, I think this makes a lot of sense if he's, like, our Russell Hance... He gets the end and everyone just despises him. Or if he just, like, Stephen Fish backs himself out kind of thing. Like, he, like, like, I think it's perfectly on the table that Alex can, like, idle himself out or something like dumb like that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, on to our other lightly edited person, Allison. She's got good reads. Uh, she's there. Yeah. I don't know, like, people are starting to be like, is it too little for Allison? Like, I feel like a lot more people are just, like, seeing a lot of flaws in other people, and... Are people actually thinking that Allison can win? Is Allison... I feel like there's I don't a few think so. people. I think Allison looks a lot like a supporting character to... Who, like, maybe they're, like... I think the thing with Allison that's important to remember is... What we know about her is her and Gabby are tight. And that's almost it. Um, like, that's basically her relationships right now. But she's... Similar to Alex, she's clearly playing yeah, a better game than we're being true. edited. And I think it's because she's always going to be the beta to somebody. So even though she's playing really well, they kind of have to do this weird thing where they don't show her a lot as a way to just signify small player. But, like, when you're actually looking at the camp life, it seems like she ha- she's is in all these conversations she is doing everything but the yeah, edit's telling us small player yeah she did it she had that weird scene where like she like spat yeah why like, why, why did like, they show us for vomiting 
No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> just like I, maybe another little thing. Yeah, like, be like yeah, this person. They isn't have winning. how many hours of footage? Like, like, despite how much. Like I get it was even in like the middle of a like kind of important conversation, but mm-hmm. like I think they could have edited around it. I don't know. Very weird. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to I, say. I on think Allison. there's no chance she's winning. I think there's a chance she's like a losing, like a Troy Zan losing finalist. Um, we're just like they couldn't really explain why Troy Zan lost, other than that he wasn't Brad. Um, he, he was Brad's buddy. To me, this looks a lot like Allison is just somebody's mm-hmm. buddy who's gonna go pretty far. I like. Yeah, exactly. Like, what did you? do I personally think that story? she's a pretty high candidate to be a losing finalist, one of the Goliaths who don't win. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with her premiere. Yeah being a little bigger and then her just kind of vanishing mm-hmm. and then kind of reemerging looks a lot like a losing finalist to me, but we'll see next up mm-hmm. Angelina, who I'm so happy survived. We got another moment of her calling somebody at tribal council to give her something this time. It worked. <laughs> oh, so great. Like Angelina's going to come back and be the second boot in an all-star season. Luck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also, wait, I don't know if I've seen a ton of people be like, what if Angelina's winning? Or if it's just like, what if Angelina won at this edit? And it was just so I mean, like, like I guess, like, fun. like, what happens when Angelina wins? Like, <laughs> what do you show? It might be similar to this, but. That's true. I don't know. I think, hmm. I don't know. There are, so, like, there are a few, like, if not negative, like, annoying moments that you have to show. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't really not show her asking for the jacket. You can't show her, you just can't cut her out of that Elizabeth tribal. And, like, you have to show her asking for this idol. So, like, do you start loading more negative scenes onto her? It also seems like she genuinely does not want to work with the Davids at any point in this game. So... Maybe you just make that her story. <laughs> just, she's the one who, even from the very first second, did not want to work with them at all. And that's the story. My issue is, honestly, like, I think her edit's not great. I think game logic, she's even worse. Like, I just, I cannot imagine her lasting much longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and then, it. can you imagine her winning a jury vote? I just could like, never see her winning a jury vote. It's like... It's so fun exactly. to it's just about, like, but Angelina's not I don't winning. know if there is a, like, I, honestly, I think if Angelina won, maybe her edit is like this. Maybe it's really, really similar. I just don't think that Angelina Keeley could ever win Survivor. I think it's that much, like, it's just... <laughs> when people see through your fakeness that much, they're never going to vote for you in the end. Well... The weird thing is, like, what we've mentioned is that Angelina has such a weird grip on her fakeness where, like, it's all very um, staged. Mm -hmm. So, like, she knows what she's doing. She's just not doing it very well. So what do you do on her second season where... Okay, I guess Angelina could never win on her first try in, like, a million years. Well, but no. But she's, like... What I'm saying is, like, on her second time, she sees all that, and then she just, like stages even more in like a weird direction and I don't I still don't think it works I think you're mm-hmm. maybe onto something with I think it's maybe not just true for many people like, I think most people can like, win Survivor I really do think Angelina is a special demographic who can't like 
maybe she can maybe she can get to the end sometime but even that like she just comes off super threatening she's so smart yeah i think she needs like a very special season where she's just pretty much herself like really like talks about like who she is like emotionally and then like even then like just Mm -hmm. get to the end authentically and yes do some strategic moves but don't don't jury manage so obviously don't be so that's the thing is like want so at the end of the things. day i think the number one thing in a survivor player is adaptability and angelina is one of the least adaptable and laid back players ever i think <laughs> like she you see in her face how much it upsets her when things don't go her way and i think that's just not a character trait that will ever garner that much respect to get people to vote for you i think angelina can make it to the end like like, I think she's, like, yeah, kind of Russell Hant syndrome, but worse. Because I can see people, like, people will respect Russell because he's not super fake. He's kind of more, like, authentically himself or whatever. I think people have a harder time voting for someone like Angelina than someone like Russell. Hmm. I don't know. I think in this day and age, Russell Hantz is dead. So, yeah, how I do they both get a pretty close, like, toss-up. But, like, none... None of them could, like, beat Amanda Kimmel even still. So, um, yeah, that's Angelina. I'm trying to think. Did she do anything I mean, like, I think she had a great episode for entertainment value. Like, um. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, she had her scene with my. Yeah, she was all over the place in this um, episode. It was just, like, (laughs) nothing good. And I really think, honestly, this episode kind of read, like, a swan song for Angelina to me. (laughs) I think top candidate to leave next week. I hope not. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I I don't know. I kind of take what Mike said, like where Angelina is, I don't know what he mm-hmm. said, but like basically like a known quantity and like she like played all her cards. Like she's, she's a perfect goat if they identify that. About it's just you at the end, so big I if. don't think. Yeah, and I think it's hard when you have people like Dan who mm-hmm. don't play 100% rationally, and which is fine, but like that means he's going to go after Angelina. And I guess, yeah, I next know. up we got Carl, who... We'll see. Guy was so excited to tell everyone about his idol mollifier. I don't... <laughs> his eyes lit up more than they have in this <laughs> entire season. He's like, I, just... I got one. I got an advantage, too. Like, what? Like, yeah, it's such a bad play, but like, I get it. Like, I can see the circumstances that led him to like, okay, someone found an advantage and you're super excited. So the adrenaline's pumping and then you have like word vomit and like you said that you have an advantage too. So I don't think it will hurt him that much who he confessed it to, but. Yeah, it just shows that Carl isn't as great of a player Most as, I don't know, I hoped. I, I just want, I'm tired of Me Carl. Too. Like, the sooner Carl goes, the happier I'll he be. He does. He feels like the non-entity now. Like, Alex obviously has a place. Allison doesn't have a big role, but, like, I'm comfortable Yeah, whenever Carl's on screen, is. I'm like, like, he's still here? Carl... <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, he's not interesting anymore, and, like, he doesn't fit into the overall 
scheme in any way. So like, yep. And like for like really at the start, it seemed like they were going to try and build him as like a <laughs> counter winner candidate. And then they just kind of decided yeah. to instead, like Carl went from like loving, chill, David underdog dad guy to like awkward, like his story's kind of like, he can't keep his mouth shut and like, he can't hold anything in at all. You know what I mean? Like, he wants Elizabeth out, so he gets super drunk and yells about how he wants Elizabeth out. He has an advantage, so he goes around telling everybody he's an advantage. Like it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the episode where Carl the goes is going to be, like, the worst episode. Just because I feel like it's going to be boring. Well, yeah, I'm thinking, like, because I'm thinking Carl, with all that early development, is, like, maybe, Let's, like, yeah. early. I see a lot of Brett LaBelle. In, uh, so, like, fifth Carl. place. Like, and so I'm thinking like that's yeah, his, his boot will be explained like 20 minutes. Like, well, like, and eh, he doesn't really have any friends. Bye. <laughs> or like yeah. he's kind no, you know of what's a gonna happen. Threat, I actually put this to, to be almost then... basically because like so in Millennials for Gen X, Brella Bell leaves in the final five over David Wright, who's perfectly vulnerable. And basically, what that episode story was was um, why the heck did they vote out Brett over David Wright? <laughs> And that's what Carl's going to get. It's going to be like, Christian stays. And they're going to be like, the, the question yeah. to the audience is just going to be like, why would anyone in the entire world vote out Carl over Christian? I don't know, but they did it. <laughs> I don't think it can be Christian. I think Christian's way too high priority. But I can see it similarly with like... Yeah. Yeah. With almost like a Natalie Keith uh, thing going on. Which that was just a like pick your winner kingmaker situation for Jacqueline and Hopefully Lizzie, Carl is never in a position where someone has to be to the that. kingmaker between him and someone else. No, no. Please no. <laughs> oh man. Uh on to Christian. At this point, I think um, yeah, as much as I don't there. want him to win, I think it ha I you can't ignore that this could easily just be the story of how Christian won. And no and honestly this reminds me so much of JT's edit in Token Sheens, where the story was basically like everyone loves JT so much that they're okay with him winning. I don't think this cast is okay with him winning yet. Like, obviously not. <laughs> like, they tried to vote him out. But I don't think, like, JT literally never really got heat throughout all of that merge. And, like, Christian is of known threat who everyone is has at least on their radar i think i do agree that we have to consider that he might be winning like he's my number two candidate i think a lot of what we're seeing isn't the greatest but it's not awful either like i wish his content had more yes in the later parts of the episodes, I feel that's where he's fallen in both the merge episode and this episode, but it's never... Yeah, so I think the thing is that's super weird about Christian. Things, I, don't feel it's I guess worst, my take is so. Christian is playing a bad game. Um, Like, on the flip hand, where I said, like, Alex playing an elite level game and Nick's playing an elite level game. I think Christian's playing an actively quite poor game where he really hasn't done anything, but everyone views him as this ridiculous mega threat yeah um which in my opinion is like the worst thing in the entire world like mm -hmm. if you're a threat who didn't do anything that means you're <laughs> and you're not like a big jacked dude like it's not super great um <laughs> yeah but yeah 
I guess one of the, one of the things that helps Christian for me is there's the tenet we've referred to it on the last season, but like the yes. pre-merge is all about setting up your winner. The merge is all about tearing them down, and these kind of feel like tear down episodes for Christian. And I think we've seen that to a somewhat extreme extent with Ben. And I think this is just like the survivors continuing to evolve mm-hmm. its edits and it's going a little bit more extreme with Christian. Like, the thing now. is with Christian, it's either this, like it quite literally can only be because yeah, how getting... Christian blew up, like burned too bright too fast or how Christian won and everyone let him win. And I don't really like not let him win, but we're stupid enough to bring him to the end or something. Yeah. And there's like, it's can only be those two stories. Really? Like I, I can't, can you see Christian being a losing finalist? Because I can't. No. The, like, no. Because, or if they are, they're telling it very poorly. Because literally these two episodes have said Christian is a huge threat. If he makes it to the end, he will win. Bad storytelling. And I think if you're saying that and then he makes it to the end and doesn't win, I think that's... In this yeah. case, yes. I mean, there are times where it makes sense. But this is not one of those times. There's been no... The, yeah, like... There's been no negativity for Christian. Like, I think he has that one scene where he's talking about when Mike is talking to him and he points out how bad it was to for Mike to be bad-mouthing Gabby. And he, like, looked weird. And I was like, what is this? And they, mm-hmm. talking about it now, I realize it's, like, the one time where, like, Christian's been, like, negative. Like, not incessantly, like, nice and, like... I agree. Like, he's actually, like pointing out a flaw in someone yeah he has it he did the slide puzzle back to that point like christian's really done nothing like (laughs) and like gave gabby the credit to one pre-merge tribal council yeah where he wasn't a big it was gabby begging him and him agreeing but so i guess like the one i don't know story i think is possible yeah other than burn too bright winner is do you think it's at all possible that Gabby beats him in the end. Yes. Like, all the girls like, vote for her. Final Tribal Council? Um, and, like... No. I don't know. I th- I think it's a possibility. It- I... Mm, I think if Christian makes it to the end, he's winning. Like, even though I agree with you that he is... Yeah, the edit's not really saying a bad that, yeah. game. The I mean, edit isn't really... And this one, he had no idea. And they were okay with... Wanting us to believe like, Yeah, he had no idea he was like, going home Christian's until Davy saved him. Right, like... What if it continues to be that way and Gabby gets to the end and talks yeah. about how in episode three or whatever, she's the one who made that flip and people underestimate her because she's a girl and they just assumed it was Christian, but it was her and it works because girls are the ultimate underdogs. I don't know. To me, it seems possible, but I don't know that <laughs> that's relying a lot on but Gabby. Yeah, I don't know. And... For me. The biggest As problem you know, with Christian have any more faith in Gabby. still is that confessional where he says that he's a Goliath now. Um, that's the kind of thing that uh, Felix real bad for a winner. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I mean, no, the season hasn't. certainly hasn't been like all ten of the Goliaths are terrible people, and like I think I it's guess, just so yeah. empowering that it doesn't necessarily look like the worst thing. It's something to consider. That's but true. It also makes a great thing for the winner montage if, like, a David is like, I feel like a Goliath now. I've really... So... I'm interested who your number one is if it's not Christian. I don't know. Christian's up there we'll for me. 
It's not surprising. He played an idol success. I mean, it's, no, our, it's our next he person. He negated votes I, with an I, idol. He's got another to one. the Dan train. What else do you need? If, yeah. <laughs> he won immunity. You know, he's a big guy. Big guys always do well. mean everything, so, like... Um, yeah, Dan... Um, this was a bad episode for Dan. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Dan... He's a might be the opposite of my number one. I mean, he's he's above Carl. He's above John so, for sure. <laughs> Maybe. Just, uh, bad episode. Honestly, okay. Yeah. Would you rate Dan's chances I mean, above yeah, or below John randomly being inserted back in the game via some twist? <laughs> That'd be so cool. Like, I'll do it for the for the novelty. That'd be very cool. Like, if John came back. Like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, he comes back and he's like, he's no longer he's like a, to, like, he stuffs Christian Locker. Twist John and pile drivers, pile drivers, everybody wins. CPP. <laughs> oh, See, okay. no, that's the story, right? Like he said in this game, we went different ways, but to be okay. John Hennigan to win the game, it proved wrong. He gets voted out. John Hennigan got voted out. Now he comes back. Now he's actually the mayor of Slam Town. He's Johnny Nitro. Oh, pile driver okay. after pile driver until he wins. Ah, <laughs> mm. I feel that might break some contracts and some bones. So, um, I kind of feel like Dan might be here. Yeah, Dan is decent amount of time though. No good. He, I don't know. I feel like I they pinpointed it too much. I feel like he's a good contender to go next. <laughs> Not really. Like the next time was all about Kara. Mm, like. True breaking up but it didn't really like say what if dan much target. like his hero brad culpepper so um wins five immunity challenge <laughs> i think it's super possible uh, that, that dan just keeps winning, winning challenges, challenges and it's just like this guy who's terrible keeps being here and that means like but like i think they're they're scared of christian, christian for some dumb reason but dan keeps winning these challenges and they're like what and <laughs> Uh, and then he's gonna colossally fail like what if i think it's super on the table in my opinion that dan wins like i don't think the next four immunity challenges or something right and then gets voted out final five because he fails in some sort of overconfident way i think he's not in the finale but i think he could honestly be anywhere else Hmm. i think good tv i i don't know i don't have high hopes for dan yeah i think the moment he doesn't have immunity he's out yeah, he's good TV. I like this. I honestly, I kind of like this kind of character but, being in the edit, just like, yeah, goofy, funny character who's not super over the top, but like, like you still kind of get who he is, and not like it's not like they're making fun of him. He's just kind of goofy on his own. It's a fun character to have. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He feels like he should be just a boring. He seems like a nice guy. Like he seems like not a genuinely really good fitting person. into that, which is nice. And I don't know how well-meaning. Much, yeah, uh, like well-meaning. I think sometimes his uh, like his goals yeah. get in the way of like. I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, his story like is he's just like too dumb and infatuated with person, girls so. to win the game, which but. is not a great story. <laughs> like, it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for well, the breakup. Is this like, not the first time that Showman's has ever so been used? So rarely do we season? see like I a think Showman's like break up. We're getting our first like, Showman's breakup too. Oh yeah, probably. Um, it, they definitely said it in Millennials versus Gen X. 
And I think somewhere yeah, I in that's, that's probably Ghost true. Island too. Like no one was in a show. Maybe match, even uh, Jessica and uh, I don't know. Jenna and Cole, Sebastian, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Hard to tell, but we we'll get our first uh, breakup. Cole. I mean, like everyone thought it was gonna happen with Cole yeah. and Jessica, but this time it's for real. I think <laughs> I'm excited for that dagger to go in his heart. It's gonna be so sad. <laughs> yeah. Probably very. Right, like this has been building since episode one. I'm just so like, excited. How sad! Will almost all of the Goliath content in episode one was. Guess oh, what? No. Car's gonna stab this guy in the heart. Yeah. So it better be. It, it must be a huge moment. Like if Car doesn't win and that was her content, <laughs> it must just be like epic, like poverty esque Eric Reichen back situation. You know what I mean? Like it must be. To me, it's either. And I think that's totally on the table. Like I think it's very possible that Car does not win. Car's just. Mm-hmm celebrated as like fantastic iconic queen for ripping him to shreds <laughs> like i guess that's dan um <laughs> back on the tv show this week is davy that's dan <laughs> after this episode oh yeah he took a little break yeah he must have gone and filmed um, uh he won that advantage uh, that let him take three days off from the game yeah and that yeah that, that's Taekwondo. exactly what i was thinking um so, uh, after this tapes. episode, I turned to the people I was watching it with, and I was like, so I love yeah. this season. Why did they make him invisible in the merge episode? Like, <laughs> literally, if he just, you gave him anything last episode, and they gave him this episode, yeah. everyone would have him probably number one, because everyone else is, like, dropping it everywhere on people's lists. Weird. He could be such a good decoy yeah. winner. Yeah, it's just, like... <laughs> yeah. So it it feels so intentional that they like. Yeah, it, it literally like, feels it like feels they just didn't have footage like, of him or something. Like, like the, f- the SD card was ex- like, um, like corrupted or something. Like, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, I don't get what it's <laughs> yeah. meant to say. I don't get like he's so. the only one who is invisible in that episode, really, at all, even close. And now he's the main character in this episode. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I really don't get it. Um, I have no idea where Davy's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's with. Carl, is Davy gonna like, eat Dan's idol? They're still there, floating in like in between space. <laughs> I think Dan's gonna eat his own idol too. No, I think Dan is gonna eat his own idol. <laughs> like he's like. See, no, I think my theory for the Dan Kara thing is that Kara's like, gonna convince they're gonna split the votes between Dan and Kara. Um, and Kara's gonna convince Dan to use the idol on her, <laughs> and Dan's literally gonna idol himself out. But um, I don't know, like why, like what is going on with Davy? Maybe mm-hmm. he is our winner, and they're like we're gonna give him an invisible premiere to just screw with the Edric people. Yeah, that's sorry, that's what I meant. Did I say swap? And oh, an invisible yeah. merge episode. Well, he killed the octopus. Oh. No, I mean, now here's another scene like of him. Kind of he uses that spear a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, he killed that octopus. The second episode was talking about the octopus. And then he had that episode where he almost stabbed... Um, <laughs> he had another oct- He had another stabby moment. And then here he's doing the Taekwondo. Could be. It could be like the Ken McNichol yeah. foreshadowing. Maybe he's going to stab someone in the back. Um, Literally. But yeah, with Davey, I don't get it. Um... Like I guess uh, there's a ch- like a, I I put it like a three percent chance that 
that's literally what's happening is that they're just like here's a, here's a winner and uh we don't know how to make him not obvious so <laughs> invisible premiere I feel like I feel like that's our razor we it's, need to um, give a name to where it's just like is it? uh, this is the season the editors are know. messing it's Davy's with us. razor why not it's Davy's spear yeah um like it's possible okay. I guess like, oh, there's good. A chance I like, like it. I don't know. They're just like, this is just going to mess with the online community. You know, Casual's going to even notice he wasn't here. Um, and we'll just have his story start next episode. <laughs> that's his merge episode. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I doubt it. Okay. I I mean, yeah, the problem we did have was that his relationships did not carry. They have continued yeah, like, to not carry. Yeah, like, he just saved Christian. He's just trying to, like, here I am with Nick and Carl finding advantages. And then, like, they talked in episode four, three, three, when Gabby was getting all the yeah, heat and, Nick. and Davey was left out of the vote. And he's like, well, he's Christian's my number one ally. The so. the game on him, and, and then still the five episodes later, <laughs> that so, uh, pays dividends. Great look. Um, like, I think there's a, ch- like, that's why <laughs> I feel like there's no way that this David group can just hold on. Because, like, how is Davey going to end up in the end game? Like... I don't know. I yes. don't know. Like, even less than Carl, like, old. where I, I know Carl will get, like, fifth place or something. He feels too big of a character to just be a random Carl. loser in, like, sixth I, place. I don't know where Davey is going. Yeah, like, I just can't imagine him coming in, like, that, like, random sixth placer spot at all. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I guess a theory that I've kind of thought about is, like, so often we talk about, like, like, earlier we were, like, what would it look like if Angelina won? I think there's a chance that Davey is kind of like what like a Tony Vlacos or like a Jeremy Collins looks like if they don't win. Um, where just like their d- relationships aren't just aren't developed um, because they're not important. Hmm. It's just like clearly big character, big, big character, big player with a lot of agency in the game that just doesn't win. So they just don't really know what to do with them necessarily. Like, I feel like if they could have rigged the season, maybe like obviously Christian's gonna win, but like Davy would be another one they'd be like okay with like pushing towards as the winner. Yeah. And I think this is just kind of like kind of what that kind of big alpha character looks like when they don't win. Just like something's weird about them. I don't know. Yeah, because there is so many moments where Davy has big like over the top statements or like he's done big things. And it's just that, I mean, there are other things that sort of, we dropped off the scent pre-merge, but that invisible merge episode just put a nail in his coffin, mm-hmm. and it is very perplexing, very. Yeah, that's the thing, is like, he must have just been giving terrible content or something. Like, I don't get why he was the one who got invisible. Makes no sense to me at all, but... It's kind of hard to rectify. Like, it's hard for me to even really consider him because of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, every winner, especially male winners, have had strong merge episodes, and Davey had mm-hmm. nothing. Like, that's worse than anything I think we've ever seen. So. Yep. Yeah, it's just hard to even, like, factor it in. Like, it's just, like, because he wouldn't get that if he won. <laughs> like, because he was with Elizabeth. They were fighting. Like Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess that's all I have to say about Davey because our, at one point, unanimous, obvious winner, who is right there with Theon, in my opinion. <laughs> crazy, right. crazy. 
So someone who's the exact opposite end of the pole of Dan is we got Queen winner of season 37. This is 37, correct? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gabby. This was not a good episode for Gabby, obviously. But I think it's it was in context when everything's rectif- like everything's in context. I think it's not so bad. Like I said earlier, Mike doubted her after just being kind of disparaged for kind of having a bad read on things. And I hope that this was a really clever thing to make Gabby and Kara kind of fade into the background so that it's not super odd. Like this to me reads like when we were like, what if Davy was just invisible to like fool everybody? This to me reads actually like the quote unquote cool down episode that people always say is needed, which I don't think it is, but this looks like a cool, like a healthy cool down. Not I forgot about that term. We haven't seen it this season. Like yeah. we just had constant Christian, constant Nick. I guess constant, constant Gabby. Gabby too, but mm, I I don't know if I decide on the healthy cooldown. But I'll let you explain all the uh, positives of this episode for Gabby before sure. I tear so, them all down one by one. <laughs> so basically, we have Gabby, who... Okay, one, how are they really... Like, Gabby has no agency in this vote, right? She's in the minority, and... Davy's gonna play an idol on Christian, her number one ally, who is completely in the dark about it until very late. What content are you gonna show about Gabby in this episode? Because she was probably also in the dark the entire time until Davy said it. Having her fade in the background completely protects her from looking stupid. Because Gabby did not need was that episode, like that tribal council, into an episode where she doesn't know what's going on with the vote, and then it's kind of saved by Davy, who doesn't win. <laughs> To me, this looks a lot like, like okay, we have to sidetrack her because in this episode, she isn't relevant. Like, she really is not relevant to the undergoings of this episode at all, other than Mike underestimating her, which is a long-term story that we're going to set up in this episode. Of And just to make it super clear, we're going to have Mike Angelina rip into Mike before he calls out Gabby, and then we're going to have Christian defend Gabby so that situatedly like she's not negative she doesn't look incapable it just looks like mike doesn't respect her for some reason i think that's enough for gabby um something about the scene where he was saying that gabby can't lead anyone felt really off and like we were getting an incorrect view um Especially with this whole girls theme, again, Gabby's the one person who hits every single one of these themes really easily. I think we might be seeing the story of how, like, Gabby surprises everybody by being a hero to the girls and a hero to all the people who feel like they're not confident enough. And somehow she went, like, I think Gabby's, Gabby looks like a Hannah or an Aubrey, but I think Hannah and Aubrey had, like, an inauthenticity to them that made winning a jury vote really hard that Gabby does not lack. And I think there's a chance people bring her to the end, like a Hannah or an Aubrey, thinking, hmm, innovative, like they both got like basically no votes. I can bring them to the end very easily. And Gabby shocks them and does get votes. Okay, so you started with talking about how Gabby has no agency in this episode. And I think a problem we've seen consistently is that she has no agency. And it's not that you need to have agency from the start. She had agency or... in episode three. She did that. She yeah, but... she ran her hands through the sand and killed Jessica. 
But then, like, after that, everyone was on her for it, and it wasn't a good look. And then she had all those swap episodes where it didn't look good. I think even if you don't start out with a lot of agency, I think you would hopefully be building up, like, showing where you can get agency. That's what we thought we saw with her bonding with Allison, is Gabby's finally taking the game into her own hands. And the merge episode didn't look terrible, but it wasn't really any of her doing necessarily, like forming Strike Force or even really contributing to Elizabeth's boot. It was almost kind of bad. And then I think this episode where there's nothing, like I think there's tons of little moments where you can at least throw in some sort of confessional moment or some aside from Gabby. But what do you need from um, her at this point? Like in the merge episode, she was the only person who was talking about the David's winning out, right? Like I think my theory of this being a two hour at one point episode makes a lot of sense. In the second half of the merge episode, you have everyone talking about strike force except who Gabby. What's Gabby talking about? Gabby's talking about how she doesn't want the Davids to just lay down there and die. She wants the Davids, like, she, like, what does she say? She says something along the lines to Carl, like, yeah, we're just going to pretend to be pathetic, but really we're buying our time to get the power back or whatever, right? Like, there's an advantage, there's advantage to looking weak. There's an advantage to vulnerability. And I think that it's a very conscious effort to have Gabby. I think the real reason Davy was invisible is because Davy was also talking about that. And Gabby got the content for it. And then, so they set up the story of Gabby being the only David who's willing to stick to the Davids even when Gab- even when Elizabeth's in trouble. Even when Gabby probably shouldn't stick her neck out. Gabby's willing to because she is the, she's the actual heart of the Davids. Um, meanwhile, everyone's given up on Elizabeth. Gabby doesn't. In this episode, it's just the end of that story of now the Davids are going to be back in control. Next episode, we're going to get Gabby being like, now we're in control and Gabby's back as the main character again. It makes so much sense to me. I think we definitely need to see that. We need to see Gabby with some surprise at the vote going the way it did and her regaining power. But I think even in this episode, you can be like, okay, Strike Force is sticking with their plan of voting Angelina. Or, wait, <laughs> I think that one through. Um, I don't know. We just didn't see, like... I know it's going to just like come down to you being like, but why did we need to see anything from her? But it just feels so out of place. I was looking at how I rated this episode edgically, and there's a lot of like under the radars and a lot of big characters. Mm-hmm. Like it's the most lopsided the season has been. And I that reminds me of that one episode in Kagi On where there was a bunch of under-edited people and a bunch of not under-edited people, and those people who weren't under-edited were the, like, end-game people, like Mm -hmm. Tony, like, all of them. So I was trying to look at that, and it makes me worried. Like, I know we can't see really where a situation where Gabby doesn't fit into the end-game, but it just feels so out of place to make someone this quiet after so long. Um, I just... I just worry that we didn't get any of her perspective mm-hmm. on I mean, This obviously is anything. a problem, right? Like, if she had something and in this episode saying, people underestimate me and think I can't lead people, but I think I'm more charming than I actually look or whatever, that'd be really good for Gabby. Like, that, I think that would be in, like, super obvious winner tier. And I guess it doesn't even have to be that obvious. Like, 
I would have taken like it's great to win a reward or um, just talking about what their plan mm-hmm. was post. Well, okay, I do think that's the reason they. My theory of this episode, and like what kind of seems to be the common theory is that Davy did tell everyone about the idol, and they just and like because like the vet vote split makes no sense. Like the three votes on John, two votes on Angelina thing makes no sense if they don't know that Christian's not going home. I think they just couldn't show that episode, that scene out of like that takes epic blindside yeah, and makes think- it into. Not epic blindside. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're putting too many of the plan mm-hmm. pieces in place before you need to. Yeah, I think it's just for episode composition. I think a lot of that kind of defends Gabby here, because like she was clearly in on an epic vote split, like really, really smart vote split. It just, just obviously they're not gonna have her comment on it because, and it's also probably good for Christian too. You know what I mean? Like, like again, a lot of the Davids were kind of absent in the post um, immunity challenge. But I think that was honestly just because, like, really, what are they going to show other than Alec leaking the plan and then Davey delivering on it? Like, other than that, there's not a whole lot for them to do without spoiling the result. Hmm. I don't know. It feels feels wrong. <laughs> I'm not on it right now. Like, maybe call me in an episode. Who knows what will happen? But it's just... I feel like I've given Gabby mm-hmm. a lot of leeway because a lot of other people seem to see something in her, but it's really fading. Like, there's too many problems yeah, to for me, me. For me, so like full transparency, I really am on Christian or Gabby. I would say like 40, 40%, and then like Kara and Nick probably sharing 5% at the bottom. Like, I really think it's like, this is the story of Christian and Gabby. It's just which one's the winner and which one's not. And my money is on Gabby slightly, but that's where my mind's at. Okay. I'm excited. I want to see more from her, like great character, but a winner, not my number one. Still not my number one. Let's go to maybe your number one, Uh, Kara. Round two, I think more like, okay. So I also think this is a bad episode for Kara. Like even worse. Like she got, no mm. content and it's the same problem it's like why not give her something like if her storyline is about reeling in dan like there's prime yep opportunity like i guess here. the one thing would be maybe um, that she, dan ends up using the idol angelina and like if you talk if Kara's like i have dan roped around my finger and then he does something that he she didn't want him to do maybe that's a hard story to tell but in this episode so i think you can put some like band-aids around it but i do agree this was i think this was a bad episode for kara mm-hmm. and once again i've already had problems with kara i think there's some bad stretches of episodes i'm really buying into that thing we discussed last episode where Kara's a likely end game person but is someone they're just trying to yes. constantly get out as opposed to a i agree candidate so i think kara has so many similarities to devon where with like weird focus yeah. building her up as a way smarter than she seems like tied to someone a little bit more negative like i really think there's a lot of similarities to a devon type to something like that like i think they're building her up as a really good player but not a winner and that's kind of how i see it like i would be yeah. surprised if Kara won because something's like yeah she just i think she's just a captivating person 
And because she's a cheerleader, people are thinking yeah. more winner. But she's just a good player. Yeah. I haven't really delved too deeply into what people are thinking. I know people are really high on Kara after the merge episode. Um, I don't know how this episode has impacted general mm-hmm. communities in terms of... Yeah, I don't know about this episode, but like... Yeah, I just think... The general thoughts on Kara is something along the lines of like, girls like this get ignored all the time for the strategic acumen. Why is Kara getting content? I think it's because often the girls they cast in this archetype maybe don't have the biggest impact on the season and Kara does. And I think that is kind of just the difference. Um, I think an over-reliance on archetypes leads you into a, like, swamp. Um, And I I don't know. I think Kara's, like, there's obvious edit manipulation all over Kara's edit, which is a sign of a winner. But it's also a sign of any, yeah. A fourth place Fire making loser. Yeah, like honestly, any player who's know. a good player in quotation marks, like that they're telling us is good player, has a lot of edit manipulation. Just that's yeah. straight up how it works. Because everyone's dumb and smart at various times yep. uh, of the game. It's just what they choose to show. And yeah, Kara's getting in a good edit. Yeah. But a lot of people get good edits every time. Just every single time it's the blonde cheerleader girl, people get really excited. Um, I think this is a really good chance she's mm-hmm. like a losing finalist or fourth place or fifth place or something. Makes a lot of sense. I don't think she's a finalist. I think she's fourth yeah, or that, sixth. That's probably where I would like. If I was to bet money, I would bet like fifth place. Like right beside Carl somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, I would bet sitting beside Carl at the reunion. Yeah, that's like <laughs> a bet I'll take. I, like, it's a good one. I don't. Uh, but yeah, Kara, not my not my number one. So the options it's are John, whittling down. Uh, we're here at Mike. This is a terrible episode for Mike. This, to me, finally eliminated Mike. You know, I didn't... I didn't realize it until I, like, started reading what people thought. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, Mike sort of spearheaded this plan when he had a really good thing going. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. It backfired. So he's not in the greatest spot. And... With the edit he's gotten so far, where it's always sort of teetering on the edge of like an okay winner edit or not, it it does not fit together now. And yeah, Mike is I think eliminated. I mean, he's still up there in the grand scheme of things. Like when yes. you're competing with Carl's and Dan's, like you can still be a little high on my list. The thing but with Mike is like yeah, I up think. until now we were never told that Mike had a super strong grasp on the game. Like in episode one, yeah, we were told we- that. Yeah, like, in episode one, he talks about how he's different than most Survivor nerds because he's just doing it because he wants to have fun. He he wants to have an idol. That's why he's going idol hunting. He doesn't think he needs one. So he's different. In this one, all of a sudden, it was, like, maniacal yeah. evil villain Mike who's like, Christian's the only one who's as smart as me. He's the only one who can play this game like I can. He's got to go for that reason. And it's like, before he was, like, dorky uncle... Who just wants like excited to be there, and now he's like villain, and. I mean, in the Lyrsa episode, he has this like confessional where he's like, "Oh, it's so sad. I don't want to vote another person out. I, it's so hard. Almost to the extent like it seems like he's going to be the one quitting. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, but he's that torn up about it. And then, yeah, he's this weird." Like the game bot of Goliath. So my take, episode. Mike is a losing finalist. In this episode, he talks about um, how he's gonna. His number one priority is getting to the end. 
Um, that's always the good old uh, thing that they give the losing finalists. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say when he says get to the end. Um, there's just so much weird content, like like you mentioned, like him almost qu- like seemingly almost quitting, him now just being a different character, like a consistent story from the start that kind of looks like maybe a winner if you really kind of stretch it. To me, this is this is our captivating losing finalist mm-hmm. who maybe gets robbed in quotation marks, maybe. Rob to you, like yeah, you're saying all the right things yeah, for him to you be know robbed I mean. in your head. Like he just wants to get to the end, doesn't care about like the actual people playing the game or exactly. anything. Um, but yeah, I think there's early moments like where he is going to get the idol, and then everyone's like, "Wow, yeah. Mike is so sketchy," and like Natalie's the one who's like, "Mike, <laughs> people yeah. are." Got out by you, and that's never a good look. So why didn't we eliminate Mike <laughs> earlier? Like Natalie was telling him to do things. Like, yeah. Well, so for me, I've never really considered Mike. Like he never touched my list. He never. It was just like he's that guy, and like that, like from like episode two, I had him in like the very like unlikely to not win, but maybe. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. Like, this is the one where it's just finally, like, this is a different character than he was last week, really like, completely. So, <laughs> that's not the winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, early Dan, like, wow, what a, a great story about, like, basically a David becoming a Goliath pregame. And then it's like, wow, <laughs> what an idiot. And then, like, where's Dan? That's it's the thing. Like, is like, at the end of the day, most important thing is consistency. And <laughs> Mike was consistent until this episode, where all of a sudden he, like, grew it. Like, this is, like, um, like anyone who's ever seen the show Community, it's like, this is evil Mike all of a sudden. Like, he's got a goatee and, like, twirls his mustache. And, <laughs> like, this isn't the same character that we had <laughs> last week, or especially not in the Lear Saboot. Um, and so that I just have to maintain yeah. that, like, this is act two of Mike. My theory, Angelina probably leaves next week, and then Mike's our villain for the rest of the season. Yeah, I could see where in a post-Angelina world, Mike is the villain, but I don't think Angelina's going soon. I think we'll lose like other villain mm-hmm. candidates like Dan. I think that's possible. Before we lose Angelina. Um, and I guess some things to touch on with Mike. So Mike's introduction is that he's willing to do anything for a dollar or whatever. Like, he wrote the Emoji movie. Like, he's willing to do anything. Um, <laughs> that's what he says. Um, <laughs> he says that he hopes he doesn't get hoisted by his own petard so he doesn't get exposed by his own plans. Um, and I think the biggest thing is the first Goliath scene when we get to the Goliath beach is everyone recognizing him from The Amazing Race and School of Rock. And being, like, multiple times things are being, yeah. like, you're Mike White, you're Mike White, and it keeps getting subtitled. And a lot of his confessionals keep getting subtitled. And that, to me, reads a lot like, a lot like the Brad Culpepper, like, interior decorator stuff. Um, where True. they're trying to, like, that's their way of saying, hey, by the way, this guy's a rich, famous guy. And now we're going to ignore that for the rest of the season. He's just whoever we want him to be so we can make him look like a winner so that people actually buy the chance that he's winning. But they still were told that he is a famous rich dude 
who's probably unlikely to win a jury vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, I think we sell a do we see a lot of stuff that was winner quotes, but there's also a lot of stuff that's like, <laughs> I just want to make it to the end or, um, I'm just yeah. playing this game for fun. Like, and it's just not what like, if Joe, this the, is the modified Troisan. Maybe he is this Like he is our villain for act two, act three. You know what I mean? Down the stretch. And then he gets to the end and he was like, you know, I'm different than most of these super fans. I don't really need the money. I made the end. That's how that was the win for me. By vote for one of these other dudes. Like a like Brad and Troy Zan had their baby and they grew up really fast. Yeah. And then traveled back in time you know what I mean? like, and wrote School of Rock. What if like I think it's movie. totally on the table that Mike makes it to the end and more or less concedes. Like not quits or anything, mm. but has an emotional moment where it's Grinch style where he's like, you know what? I don't need the money. One of these Davids does though. I could see that. And maybe that's why he's so negative about Gabby yeah. now is he can reverse that and be like, exactly. And Gabby who of Whoville did deserve her present of a million dollars. I, I maybe don't know how, how the Grinch stole Christmas works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever read it or like seen the movie in full. So <laughs> do we'll I, I do think that's I do maintain that I think to, it's really possible. Uh, he, Mike's in the end, and that he does that Troisan thing of yeah, like, I, "Thanks I for considering me, guys. This is a win for me." Bye, kind of thing. Poor Troisan. Michael get a weird quote about Richard Hatch being naked or whatever Troisan said. <laughs> okay. Um, Who is your number one? To Nick. Uh, okay, okay. No, it, it's actually been John <laughs> returning this entire time. So, uh, no, Nick is my number one. I decided that after I was tricked into believing in Gabby, like I should trust my gut. Like yes, the Queen Kellen told me, and I went back to Nick because I think his flaws are not that bad, <laughs> and we constantly see good scenes from Nick. And now everyone else, like when other men said Nick could, like when I said Nick could win, no one listened. But now that other men are saying Nick could listen, it just gets all the credit. So, yeah, I just think, okay, so Nick's biggest flaws are his episode one, which I've explained multiple times how that's not so bad. Um, And then he's had some weak, I would say, post-immunity run of episodes like the Lyrsa boot the merge boot even the Lyrsa boot is the worst one where point where like he just isn't developed in that episode and I don't think it's that Mm -hmm. because there's four of them and they're all fairly developed but um but I think if we're going to get down to this thing where it's one of the pairs that was ignored in one of the episodes I think it's much more likely Mm -hmm. that it's Nick that's going to win. Like, I feel like he wasn't as ignored. And I think you can argue his place in that merge boot makes even less sense for him to come forward. I guess he should have remarked on Elizabeth and the thoroughbreds, but I mean, mm. that could have been the last thing cut. You know what I mean? I think that's a fine thing to be missing. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, what does it tell us about Nick that Nick has alliances with everybody? It's kind of what it's, that theme is right 
Um, the thing with Nick for me, honestly, like I could see that theory that we were just saying with Mike of Mike conceding in the end to Nick. That makes a lot of sense to me. Mike in this episode was ruthless towards Christian in that episode where he was like thinking like he was going to quit. It was in connection to Nick. I do think Nick's playing one of the better games. Him and Alec, I think are the two best players by a decent margin. Like I said, um, and honestly, like the biggest thing that I and a lot of people have had trouble with with Nick is that really weird scene where he's talking to his mom, and like the music's just haunting. Like it's a very, again, like the common thing coming out of that episode. Everyone I've talked to thought he was lying or was going to be lying. But maybe it is just a weird nuanced thing where he brings it like, because Nick's obviously very far in this game. Nick's not going anywhere. I would say until Final Four. Um, I don't know. Maybe I like guess I could see him going earlier, but like maybe five. I'd like maybe, to think he's like, winning. So, <laughs> I, yeah. It's really like I'm just not mm-hmm. sure how it's strategically proceeding. Yeah, there is some there is some chance so, of weirdness or whatever, but I do think we'll more see, than likely he's in our end game. Yeah, I think most scenarios. And maybe there is one where. Yeah. Maybe this is the story how Nick was not going to win the game and kind of just did. Or, like, I think there's a lot of weird avenues where Nick wins. And I think a lot of them, like, obviously, if he's getting to the end, I think it's going to be with Mike. Um, I think the Rockstars makes a lot of sense in the end. My theory is that it would probably be whoever they're with is going to win. But I think there's a chance it's Nick. It's not going to be Mike. But I think Mike's hogging a spot in the end. And I think if Mike's in the end, good chance Nick's in the end. And if Mike's in the end, I think there's a good chance that Nick wins. And just that alone makes me think that Nick has to be considered. I just feel like it's more likely that Christian or Gabby's there winning instead. Hmm. I don't know. Nick just feels right Mm -hmm. to me. Like, Gabby obviously feels real weird. Christian has just felt like too like there's always that idea that his edit is just what he's going to get and it wouldn't be any different if he won or lost with Nick it feels just right I know a lot of people say he's leaning towards a villain edit but I really don't think the edit has shown any of that yet and until it does I'm not yeah I don't think Nick's like I think he has he's a hero who's willing to do some in-game sneakiness. He's sneaky. He's not a villain. Yeah. But I, don't I mean, we got Chekhov's think that. throwing Gabby like, under the bus. Which is going to happen at some point. Like that That's going <laughs> to pop. And that's yes. quote-unquote villainous. But I think it's more, like in episode one, it told us that he loves sneaking and like tricking people. But not like, not in a mean way. He's not. He's not a villain. I think the thing about episode one is how much of that is set up for him being that episode one boot that never happens. And, but I also think it can show that he's not necessarily being sneaky. Okay. Maybe he is being sneaky to people who are watching like you and I, but I think what it wants to show us is that he's willing to make moves that aren't always 100% honest, but they're the best moves for his game. And they're not really Mm -hmm. like they're, he's saving himself. They're not backstabby yes. or aggressive, I guess. Like he, Nick is somebody who you have mostly confidence that probably likes everybody, everyone loves him, but he's just 
really wants to play the game really well. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's all I. That's all I have on Nick. My true. Yeah, like how much? How much percent would you put it. on like, him? I feel like I'm super. De- okay. See, I I don't do this percent thing, but um, okay, I will do it for the sake of this. Let's say, ooh, let's say a good. Okay, that's 47%. Yeah. I told you, I don't do this. Okay, let's say a good 67%. 67% Nick. Uh, Gosh, math is hard. 28% Christian. And then everyone else is all over in that. I I see. Yeah. Carl's got zero. Dan's got zero. Carl doesn't have any of it. (laughs) Just watch Carl win. Oh, my goodness. And this is the the reason it's so balanced is they're just like this guy's oh. super boring. Anyone? What do we do? <laughs> but yeah, so I guess a swan song to John. Uh, watch everyone go watch some old Johnny Nitro highlights. Um, he's a really good in ring worker. Um, definitely watch a lot of his wrestling matches. Very good. And then I think he was a pretty good character on the show. Um, obviously, his story was he was too focused on Goliath Strong. But he would have been a really good player if he doesn't wasn't that way. Yeah, I think a big takeaway is that he was Goliath strong, mm-hmm. and look, he kind of got punished for it. But like a great character, like a good sport. Yep. Like he was like all grins when he got. Like, I think a lot out of people. And yeah. oh, I hope he plays again. I'd love to see him play again. I think a lot of people preseason could have guessed he's going to be the second merge boot, but not in this way. <laughs> yeah. I think that our, I'm so disappointed that we couldn't see. Yeah, me too. Me uh, too. Idol. Because this is exactly what it would look like. Staring like. face. <laughs> we were like, what are they doing? I assumed it's because we were getting the second choice. act of him being Wade Baker. But no, it's because his time gets cut short unfairly. That's the way it was. Yeah, we went. Yep. We went for Natalie Anderson edits yes. when we should Which have was been a going for Idol. But it makes so much sense. Like Honestly, we, we gave the right analysis. We just, like, came to the wrong conclusion. So, whatever. Who is leaving yep. next, Joe? Dan. Ooh, I have no idea. Angelina. It's Angelina. It's Angelina. I thought you said Angelina was leaving. <laughs> Dan or... Um, I think it could also be Davey. Yeah, just Dan. Yeah, I feel like... Idol That situation. would be... A, uh, and what's the story? Like, he should have saved it for yeah. himself, I guess. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> But that's our show. Um, well, we did our yeah. We didn't. Oh, wait, we like, didn't I said mine was in winning. It and, yeah. I just want to reaffirm that's true. Yeah, so that's our show. All right, uh, right. If you agree Got with it. us, disagree with us, anything like that, go to thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. There's a contact form there, or you can contact us directly at our Gmail, which is thewinneredit at gmail.com. Uh, you can also just send me a t- send me a tweet. Uh, or Joe tweet too. I'm at Danny Kills Bees. You are Kitty Master Nine Thousand, something like that. I don't. You don't really use Twitter, though, I right? I think so. I was. <laughs> probably yeah. Probably don't send me a tweet. Like, I check Twitter, but I have no idea if. Like, <laughs> if you, you want to test that, uh, follow and tweet at Kitty Master Nine Thousand, who may or may not be Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Send any negative tweets to Kid You Ask Your Night New episodes are on Saturdays, Sundays, or apparently Mondays. Um, shared on our Survivor slash R-Agic. 
this this last couple of weeks have just been super busy for me specifically. Uh, so that's why we've been doing Mondays, but ideally we're doing Sundays or Saturdays. Uh, we're on all major podcast catchers. We think if we're not, let us know again at one of the many ways to contact us. If you have a good question and we think it's super relevant, we'll read it on the show. Uh, send us or make sure you review us on iTunes. Super helpful. Uh, and we'll put some nice things in the show notes to help you all out. Uh, and never forget, uh, go watch some wrestling. It's really great. Okay, so I checked, and my Twitter is currently uh, jchapman9000. So that's my last name, J-C-H-A-P-M-A-N 9000. Uh, it doesn't look like <laughs> So don't, don't send the negative tweets to Kitty Master 9000. All right, peace out. Goodbye.